Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch with me, Luke, here in Chicago. And me, Katie, here in Los Angeles. Connecting for episode 25. And we're following the thread of last week's critique of Hoot, we are once again talking about birds of the angry variety. Even though it is St. Patrick's Day, so our pick has nothing to do with the actual holiday. Speaking of, uh, how is it going in Chicago? I know that it's more intense over there for St. Patty's Day than it is here in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, do people? Well, do people even give a fuck in LA? Like, or is it like kind? Presumably, of... some do. Okay, because here, yeah, it's like absolutely, uh, I, it's insane. <laughs> like, it, it's uh, it's no fun. I think uh, so. Today's Sunday. Just to, just to date ourselves in our episode, today is Sunday, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Saturday is kind of more the move, I think. Uh, and I stayed like holed up in my apartment, uh, in Rogers park where it didn't, wasn't really affected by the crowds and the nonsense, but, Mm -hmm. um, it does get very wild. The train sucks. Uh, everything sucks. Um, (laughs) but you know what else? As a, we actually have quite a connection to St. Patrick's day on this pod. I don't know if you know about this, uh, or remember Katie, but the first time we recorded when we recorded bad, uh, bad movie brunch, episode one batman v superman dawn of justice it was actually on saint patrick's day last year so this is technically oh, yeah this is technically happy anniversary. yeah this is technically our one year recording anniversary because we, we we sat on that episode for, i think for a little bit before we posted it but mm-hmm. uh this is technically our one year anniversary so uh one one year 25 episodes uh we i shot a movie we missed some weeks here and there um you've been perfect the whole time and, <laughs> thank you luke and uh and here's to another yeah and many more and many more but oh. i will have to say so of the movies that were based off a popular game i played on my ipod touch and then came out eight years later than it should have variety mm-hmm. um you know angry birds is probably up there right <laughs> and me and you we're just a we're just a couple of angry birds a couple of bird brains uh oh. I'll say this because I recently had a conversation with somebody where I was trying to sell them on this movie being the best movie based on a video game of all time. Oh, this is good. Okay. (laughs) And uh, his response, which is fair, is that I haven't seen Mortal Kombat, which I actually hear is quite fun. Okay. So we may need to put that in the mix at some point, but I genuinely really enjoy this movie. When we were in grad school, um, I actually sat on it when it was in theaters because I was like, ugh movie based on a video game how good can that be because there hasn't been like a great history of those no but i eventually just watched it to watch it one time and i absolutely fell in love with it the humor the pace or some of the humor not all of it but most of the humor some of the pacing the dialogue and the animation i just thought it was really fun I, uh, during a holiday party, Christmas party I got invited to, I pre-gamed drinking and watching this movie and fell asleep in front of it and almost (laughs) missed the party. So I have that lovely connection to it. And I also just used to fall asleep to it because I find it very soothing. That is, um, so much lovelier than my experience watching this movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and I'm thrilled for that. So like, I'm happy because mm-hmm. like, otherwise it'd be both of us just trashing this movie. But as it stands, it'll just be me, which is, which is great. It, it's great. It's great to have uh, conflict because yeah. <laughs> no, I'm my t- apologia for the Angry Birds movie. I'm of two minds on it, and I guess mm-hmm. we can kind of unpack as we go. Because on one hand, I'm like, I really don't like this, um, and I have like a number of reasons, and 
you know, those those will come out as we go kind of comb through this plot a little. But I also have the uh, the 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 mind where it's like, who am I to say that a movie that was absolutely not made for me and does not cater to me and still made money enough money to make a sequel that's upcoming? Um, Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we just got. Yeah. It's. I think. I gotta tell you, there are animated sequels that are out right now that are sequels of better movies that I just am not excited for. The animated movie sequel that I have looked forward to since it was announced is the sequel to this movie. I'm like, yeah, I will leave my house to go see that in theaters. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm thrilled, and I. And I think they hope there's others like you. Uh, It just seems so (laughs) weird. Like. Even when Angry Birds, even when this one that we're watching, uh, what, 2016, wasn't that mm-hmm. like seven years after anybody played Angry Birds? Or am I just... Oh, absolutely. Okay, It was good. a late, late movie. Okay. And like, also, was Angry Birds like as beloved? I don't know. Was it beloved enough to like flesh out what appears to be like now on its way to a franchise? <laughs> okay. 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 So I never played the games ever. I've never once done mobile Angry Birds. So, um, but I do know that this movie, before this movie, Rovio, the developers of the game, eventually created a production studio and they created the Angry Birds TV series, which has nothing to do with this movie whatsoever, except for some of the character names. There's a pink bird that appears throughout the movie and kind of like throwaway situations named Stella. And she plays a big role in the TV series, so she was kind of like an Easter egg for this. Although it's totally nonsensical if you don't know that. Yeah. So there definitely is a background. There's a lot of people, they've made a lot of money through these games. They've made a lot of games, including one that has like Star Wars elements to it. So it seems like they got money to burn. What came first, the series or the movie? The series. Weird. Okay. And where was that at? Like, was it on network TV? I don't know if it made it to here because I think it was made in because Angry Birds, if I recall correctly, it was made in a Scandinavian country. Oh. And I think that the series was released there and not here. Or maybe it might have been a Netflix pickup. Oh, I honestly okay, I don't know. Okay. But it's not well known. Sure. Well, maybe I'm just out of touch. And maybe that's why like that's something I always try to consider, especially when we look at um kids' movies, because I sit there and think like, yo, if I was eight and watch this, I'd probably love it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i I probably could have even i don't know (laughs) yeah not that i like hate it or anything it's just that like it feels tedious at times to me Um, oh absolutely that's so fair there are moments in this movie that i just i love it as a whole there are certain moments that i'm just like ah guys come on but we'll get there all right well talk to me here like we open up with a pretty interesting action sequence um Mm -hmm. with our main character red as voiced by jason sudeikis correct Yes. And like off the bat, I'm like, what does this have to do with Angry Birds? Um, He doesn't seem that angry, though he is a bird. And Mm -hmm. he seems to be like delivering something. And then he's a clown. And I'm like, I I have no fucking clue (laughs) like uh, what any of this is supposed to mean. And it looks pretty. And like, it's pretty, you know, fast paced. And I'm, I'm loving the colors. But like, it just seems like how they, how they make use of like the, he's an angry bird like it just seems so weird and the stuff they have to use like in order to like sort of hit those homage to the game beats are Mm -hmm. so like weird and far away from each other uh and like doesn't 
super work for me on a standalone story level. Um, that's the other thing is like, if this was just a kid's animation movie that wasn't based on the game, would it be as highly regarded? It seems so. I like, love it. Cause I've I, never played the game before. Okay. And I, Good to I know. was delighted. Okay. Because pretty much most of the time I was watching it, I, but, but let's break this down. Okay. Let's do it. So the beginning of this movie, we do have, we do see red running and he has this, what looks to be a cardboard egg. And eventually he reaches, he goes through all this bullshit. He gets like slapped with vines. He falls down a tree. He's a flightless bird, which they established really early on uh, that it's an entire island of flightless birds. So he is able to get to this birthday party and he has this job as a clown, which seems odd until you realize when watching this movie that even though Red is a curmudgeon when it comes to other adults, he has no patience for them. He's really an asshole. He has a soft spot for children. And that ends up being his character motivation for saving the eggs later on in the story. Mm. And it's just those small interactions where he has, like the one shining piece of him that makes a blessed of an asshole is that he does connect with kids somehow. So I do think that he has this kind of clown job because he has that skill. And all the kids react to him really positively in the movie. They find his curmudgeon shtick very funny. And he gets to the birthday party and this dad is telling him that he's not going to pay for the cake or the service delivery service even though red went through all that bullshit because he's just slightly late and here we see that red does have an anger problem he doesn't react well to other adults so he takes the cake and he smashes it in the guy's face and through a series of stuff he accidentally ends up uh crashing into an egg and uh so there's a premature birth The, the the bird itself who was just born, the little chick is fine, but the parents are really upset because they wanted to, they didn't want their child's birth to be rushed. And so Red has to go to court, which is a very interesting bit for a children's movie and kind of plead his case that he did his job and he's sorry about the premature birth, but the kid is fine. And the kid thinks of Red as his father because that's the first bird he's ever seen. (laughs) Daddy. Yeah, daddy. That shit's funny. I and I think it is consistently super funny. Like and so mm-hmm. like I do like a lot of the the dialogue and everything else. Um and yeah, it is kind of a weird setup, but or not a weird setup. It's like a solid setup uh for for his anger. And I honestly I wish you could just explain life to me, Katie, cuz already <laughs> like cuz already I understand this movie more than when I was watching it alone. Um uh. cuz I was like I, I was like I don't understand this opening scene. And like both of us sitting here with like degrees we've studied like screenwriting and stuff and i'm like what the fuck does this mean i'm like why is why is he like the baby but he's mad at the adults that's weird and you're like no luke it's because that's the whole point this is character want i think i literally (laughs) wrote down like what's his want as a character like i was like i don't understand and it would have been stronger i do think that this movie toes the line because if they had been more explicit about his connection to kids it could have either gone too far or it would have been stronger. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if part of the plot was that he, cause you see him, there's a part where he's walking around and he's looking at all, it's a very parental culture. There's people walking around with their kids, taking them to school. There's like a, um, a LeMay's yoga class and with the eggs, with the women carrying the eggs with them. And it's, it's just all, the whole society is about rearing children And you see Red looking out to these nurseries and to this culture and kind of wanting that for himself, but it's never spoken. It's just that he 
he has this urge and he's good with children. But if the movie had said that he's a curmudgeon that wishes that he could have kids or that he could have a career. Well, he does kind of have a career, but you know, I think if it, if it was about him wanting to be a father, it could have had an interesting take. Or if we actually did something with that kid at the beginning who thinks that he's his son, that would have been good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and Jason Sudeikis, definitely the man for the job, just because Mm -hmm. that dude is so damn charming and he has fun lines to mess with that like just flow better because he's just a naturally funny dude like pluck my life and mm-hmm. uh, all those kids he's like everything a bird control and i'm like all right uh, <laughs> good one i have um, no idea what they're gonna do for the sequel because i feel like they used up all of their bird puns for this one never believe that katie <laughs> <laughs> there, there, are, there are legions of of screenwriters in la that that can write up some bird puns you've never seen <laughs> Dude, I would have given up my right arm to be able to write the sequel to this movie. Well, maybe I would have loved that job. It'll probably keep going. You can write Angry Birds four or something. <laughs> A New Hope. Um, so long story short, the dude gets sent to anger management, which I'm like, pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Angry Birds. Well, how? Well, let's break story here. Well, he's a he's a bird and he's angry. So how do we get the other characters from the from the game in there? And it's like, well, where would they be? Where would maybe they meet up? So. I like that. Okay, I'm with you so far. Take take my hand. Take me by the take me under your wing, Angry Bird screenwriters. So I didn't Google who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm cool with that. But so, but like, so the root of his anger is getting bullied as a child for his eyebrows. Okay, here's another thing about this movie. Okay. There's this very nonsensical montage sequence after our opening freeze Just frame of, of Red nowhere. like smashing the cake in that guy's face. So. It switches around in time, but it does seem that like he's an outcast because he didn't grow up with a family and he has big eyebrows. Yeah, and those eyebrows make him one angry looking bird. Yeah. So do the eyebrow do the eyebrows maketh the the angry bird? Or does an angry bird Is he angry if he doesn't have those eyebrows? Or is it all like he's got these eyebrows and he gets roasted by kids and that makes him angry and so he's angry with eyebrows? Or could he have any eyebrows and would automatically be angry? Was he destined to be angry no matter what the story of red? I, guess I think it's societal okay. because there's something about him that's so, cause this, the, the culture of this Island of bird Island is very much like everybody looks the same. They all have this parental culture. It's all about having babies. And uh, if you're not able to do something within that it does seem like you're kind of an oddball and you end up in anger management none of the other birds in anger management have families that we know about or have uh, or participate in that kind of culture yeah these which i think makes them angry these angry birds bear no children yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and i gotta say and i don't know if, if this is too much of a time jump stop me but things get very weird to me when the pigs arrive. <laughs> oh no, no, that's let's let's do it. So, pigs arrive. Uh, it appears that they're explorers and they're green pigs, and it's two of them, Leonard and his like little lackey, and they bring inventions to Bird Island to uh, kind of introduce them to the new world and to kind of gain their trust. So they bring all these useful things, this kind of uh, technological advancements that Bird Island does not have. 
And it's all a ruse because what they really want is to steal the eggs, the core of the society, to take them back to Piggy Island to eat. Yeah, and you know, to me, it's like okay, we have it. Just comes it comes off as and again, I played the games and loved them. I really loved mm-hmm. them. I, I thought they were so fun. I played the first one. I bought the Star Wars one. I even played the one they made for Rio because I liked the Rio movie and they made a special Angry Birds Rio with mm-hmm. those characters. It was all dope, and I and I did enjoy it, but. It's one of those things where I don't know if I need this explained. I don't know if I need the origins. I don't know if I need a feature-length explanation of what cutscenes did for me, like in, in, in on my iPod Touch game. Like it's like, oh yeah, this is a this is the villain. We got to introduce the villain from the game. It's like the game, and then we introduce the slingshot, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. It's based on a game. We got to make it like the game. We have to. We have to. It is kind of derpy yeah. that the pigs are the ones that give yeah. them the slingshot. We have to. That that is like them shooting themselves in the foot. It's so weird. If, if the birds had come up with that, it probably would have been stronger. Like if they had taken some other kind of technological advancement and then figured right. out how to make a slingshot, that probably would have been better story-wise. Totally. To eventually use against the pigs, but and already so- made slingshots is kind of weak. And I will so- admit, sort of retcons the game too. <laughs> like that the pig- these pigs are so goddamn hel- or these birds are so damn helpless that not only get their eggs stolen, but they didn't even come up with the invention to get them back. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's that's when, like, you know, this is what you're talking about video game movies. It puts me on that thread where it starts to remind me of stuff like Super Mario Bros with, like, Bob, Hos- Bob Hoskins and, like, John Leguizamo. And mm-hmm. that it goes and explains something that doesn't really need explaining. Like, I don't I don't need to know why these, why these, why these birds are slingshotting themselves at pigs. I just want to slingshot them at pigs. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need an origin story. I don't really, I don't, I don't need it beyond the wordless explanation and cutscenes I got. And when you try to explain that thing to me, it gets weird. It's weird giving all these characters personalities. It's, it's writing. It's like telling me why the angry birds are angry. Like, I don't, I don't need to see angry birds go to fucking therapy. Uh, that's just, I don't know. It's just like not what I signed up for. And I get over it. Like I'm still like, I wasn't like, mad watching the movie i was still like rolling with it all the way until the credits rolled it's just that i think that's where like my problem comes with and i don't i don't feel like i usually have built-in like sticks up my ass when it comes to movies so i was like trying to just get to the root of why i like felt bothered and that's what i come up with it's i just, think like, we're approaching this from two different camps because you're thinking of this as a video game movie in relation to the actual video game and i'm thinking of this as somebody who's going into this blind so I have a perfectly good time with this movie without any kind of relation to the game itself. Sure. And you're trying to kind of grapple with its relationship to the games. Yeah. I just think perhaps maybe the simplicity is what made is like what helped the whole thing. And I I, I don't know. And it's like, Katie, why are these pigs shaking their bare asses to country music? I don't know. Why is that happening? Actually? No, I have something to say about this. Okay. So, um, there's this thing I've recognized in children's animated movies that some of them who spend all this money on these movies, I think the production companies realize or the producers realize that they're not going to get nominated for best animated feature. It's just not going to happen because the movie that they're created is too silly and not serious enough and not Pixar. So they have to think of alternative ways to make it to the Academy Awards. And I do think that a lot of these animated movies try to go for best original song. So I think that they called up Blake Shelton and they were like, hey, man, can you write us a song? And he was like, all right. 
And that's why we have that whole nonsensical country number, just because they wanted that Oscar. That's what that reads to me, absolutely. It did have a kind of a banger of a soundtrack. They were like, yo, let's get together a good voice cast that people know and like, who's mm-hmm. popular, who's hot right now, and then they put a lot of like big songs in it. And like seemingly that's the only formula you need. Um, and it, it, it obviously is working for them. But I was just like, what's happening right now? And like, <laughs> the, like the so like essentially it seems like, okay, if you have this IP – and you've got like we need to introduce these elements it's a paint by number and like anytime they're like doing the stuff like sling introducing slingshots and introducing characters it's like you know it's like ham-fisted but like i get it and then when they're like left to their own devices to fill in like story for characters that like we don't know anything about other than them as like caricatures uh Mm -hmm. that's where i think the movie always loses me um i don't know and i also it's like i'm stoked that bill Hader is this sweet pig guy like, mm-hmm. I'm happy, he's a great villain happy to hear him awesome villain but they're like <laughs> i don't know why like, kids love butts maybe that's it maybe i, I guess maybe it, I, it is so unnecessary i agree with you there's a lot of yeah, butt jokes. that and the pool scene i think or <laughs> i don't Wait, care for pool, that either pool scene what is it i don't even the uh where they go to the lake of wisdom and they oh. find out that it's mighty eagle who we'll get to has been oh, whizzing in the lake lovely. and they've already like drank it and lovely. swam through it they, okay a lot of golden, that, that's lot of golden rough showers and <laughs> um okay which brings me to my next question mighty eagle mm-hmm. and mighty eagle yes. subplot will you explain it for me because i'm like okay. why do i give a shit about mighty eagle <laughs> like i don't i don't know so <laughs> okay so uh after the eggs so the pigs of course eventually run off with all the eggs after they've done their like weird cowboy show and all the other kind of shows and there's a lot of lasers involved so they distract the birds so they can take the eggs and they run off with them and then all the birds are like oh shit red was right all along like what should we do and uh red thinks there's this folk hero that everybody has grown up with, the one bird in this island of flightless birds that can fly, and his name is Mighty Eagle. And he used to be this great hero of legend, so much so to the point that people aren't even sure if he really exists anymore because nobody's seen him for a really long time. Right. He lives on this the top of this mountain. So uh, Red, this bird, uh, gosh, what is his name? The yellow bird. I've seen this movie so many it's times. Like and I not Chuck. Josh okay, Gad's so, Chuck. Yeah, who's very bisexual in this movie for some reason. Uh, and <laughs> Danny McBride as Bomb. Yes. They all go on this journey to go find Mighty Eagle, plead their case, and have Mighty Eagle bring the eggs back for them. Because they think that he has to be the hero because he's the only one who can fly. He has the one skill that nobody has. Sure. So they make their way to the mountain they have this moment where they find the Lake of Wisdom where he lives in front of, have that gross scene, and then they actually meet up with Mighty Eagle, who turns out is a voice brilliantly by Peter Dinklage, in my opinion. Yeah, quite a, quite and, a get. Yeah, he's an absolute nutcase, Mighty Eagle. He's going through some... I, I think he's kind of old and out of shape now, and he's very egotistical to the point of delusion. He has all these, like really sad trophies in his trophy case like fourth place and things like that like just mediocre enough so you kind of get this picture of this guy who just like had his time in the sun and now he just like hoards all his glory away and so he can just bask in it without having to take responsibility for anything anymore 
So when they do finally come to him and they're like, hey, man, you should come save our eggs. He's like, no, I'm retired. And that makes them have to figure out how to become heroes themselves because the hero that they thought they had turns out to be disappointing. And from what I understand, Mighty Eagle in the games, and you would know this better than I do. I don't know this, but I think if you pay extra, you can get a Mighty Eagle bonus to like really help you out and get like a whole bunch of stuff. I don't even. So he is like a very powerful thing in the games, from what from the vague things I've seen. Maybe I'm just like I don't even remember Mighty Eagle from the games. That's what's so mm-hmm. weird. Um, and I'm literally googling right now because I have to know, but <laughs> I, I, I don't remember, and that's why I was so confused. I'm like, oh, is he a comic book character? Because they were like reading, like he was re- like Red was reading Mighty Eagle comics at one point, mm-hmm. and like the judge of the town or whatever was like dressed up like Mighty Eagle, and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. But uh, I was just, like, super curious as to, like, why... And, and like you said, it ends up just being one of the whole, like, I'm too old for that shit, like, yeah. <laughs> characters. Okay, you know what? I do remember Mighty Eagle. He does not look like that in the game. <laughs> My, Mighty <laughs> Eagle is, like, a perching, like, little bird with a huge eagle beak in the game. Oh, okay. That's why I didn't recognize him. Like, I don't know who this fucker is. Um, mm-hmm. An optional gigantic bird that can be unlocked and used in Angry Birds. Angry Birds Rio, Angry Birds Seasons, which I did play, Angry Birds Google Chrome, don't have it, Angry Birds Friends, yada, 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 most powerful bird in the Angry Birds series, voiced by Peter Dinklage in the film. Oh, I don't know. This doesn't really tell me much. I think I think they invented a lot of Mighty Eagle stuff for the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of this, you know. Um, I guess they did for I, everybody. I, I'm sorry? I mean, I guess they did for everybody. When I, cause oh, it's yeah. not like anybody had a backstory, but. They had to, which one of the things that is so enchanting to me is that they already had a television series with those personalities and they didn't use those at all. They like completely started from scratch. And uh, you were asking about the screenwriter earlier and uh, that would be John Vitti, who was a uh, screenwriter on The Simpsons and has a Harvard degree, which my girlfriend lovingly pointed out to me when we watched this together. (sighs) So it's so funny to imagine somebody with a Harvard degree being like, I'll take the Angry Birds movie. Hell yeah, the paycheck. And, yeah. And like, you know. Sweet, sweet paycheck. It's definitely witty and funny at times. It reeks of like that sort of like Harvard funnel Simpsons wit here and there. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm, obviously I'm cool with it. And it doesn't diminish that man as a writer. Um, it's just that like, ooh, I would have a hard time writing this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, good for him, I guess, for inventing all this lore. Um, it'd be... Uh, a tough tough pill to swallow and obviously how long must this movie been in development like don't these animation movies take forever these days or am i crazy i you know my theory about this is that it might have been that they were like well let's see what we can do with the television series first okay and in the interim we'll bounce ideas of a movie so probably the development of the script was pretty early on and then they like had to get names and things like that so I think it was they were testing the waters with the TV series in Scandinavia. They sort of they sort of Lego Ninjago'd it. Yeah, where, yeah, exactly. That's there a great was, comparison. Like, the series, and then they made the movie with like the same characters, but they w- weren't attached. And like I'm like I know Dave Franco's not in the show. Yeah. But, um, weird. And then also on a similar thing of like release movies, the, the dragons that the uh, How to Train Your Dragons trilogy just wrapped up. Was that TV show attached to the films? Because I know there's another, they did one of those things too. No, 
No, no, no. Um, DreamWorks, How that weird. whole thing, that ran for like a really long time. But no, that's separate. They do, from what I understand, and I haven't watched the show, there are references to the How to Train Your Dragon TV series in the movies, but they're so light and like blink if you miss it kind of moments. But okay. they have no like direct kind of correlation. By the third one, he's like, boy, I sure hope I learn how to train my dragon. <laughs> he's like, fuck, I, I hope so. Jesus. <laughs> Three movies? <laughs> I don't know. I, the first two are really good. But I never saw I, them. I'm so disappointed in myself. Like, even though I know how, the How to Train Your Dragon duology was so much better than Angry Birds, <laughs> again, I cannot be excited about it the way I am about Angry Birds 2. That's all I'm right. Just that, I, kind of, that kind of gal, man. I don't. I don't know if you realize how much i respect that (laughs) (laughs) that's how i live my life so i'm thrilled like i'm Mm -hmm. i'm stoked i'm stoked that you do love it this much and i I, and i I do understand why um i like that the that red who's this outcast has to go through this whole journey of kind of becoming the hero of the island and he's able to round up everybody together and use their specific skills to take down the pig yes the at piggy island on their home turf and get the eggs back i think that's great i think that his uh how his kind of connection to children pays off at the end when they all sing him the the song the hero song oh yeah i think that's really sweet that he does become part of the community because i think that they recognize even though it should have been more spoken than it was that he does genuinely care about the core of the society which is child rearing for sure. And uh, it is nice when they all come together and do their jobs too. Like they're like, I'm the fast mm-hmm. one. I'm the bomb. Like, and I'm like, yeah. I, I do like when it finally like gets there and they start like attacking. Like there's something so satisfying to s- still, like I-, I felt it like nostalgically, like somewhere in like some repressed part of my brain. Cause I don't ever think about angry birds, but when they launch themselves into that, into like that pig Island and they start shattering stuff and everything starts falling. I'm like, Oh, that is pleasant to watch. I want to play this game. Like mm-hmm. I, I could download it by the end of the day. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> like just because that game is fun as hell. <laughs> um, okay. Now I'm really thinking about that. Uh, but yeah, even like, so like they definitely have that. Like if I can have that sort of like Pavlovian response to being like, Ooh, it's nice to watch those birds knock down that, <laughs> knock down that building structure. Um, good for them and good for like, you know, taking an IP where I certainly wouldn't have thought to take it. And that's why I'm not, you know, have a Harvard degree, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say, like, and I, and again, we get like more good puns. Like, I need some angry flocking birds, and mm-hmm. like the pigs have stolen the stolen the children, and these mo- like kind of like macabre, like really fucked up to have the beat like of these monsters like took all the unborn children from the bird island and they're like, gonna eat them and they're which gonna they eat point them. out is messed up like, right you see them being nauseous like not, and horrified like not something i necessarily needed explored but since we're doing it let's lean into it right and i'm like mm-hmm. whoa that's dark they're just gonna eat them and then i remember i ate eggs this morning like a psycho <laughs> like a psychopath pig and like i may need therapy after watching this flick. <laughs> <laughs> but now you know watching those preyed upon birds become angry birds of prey Mm-hmm. and like knocking down the fortress i'm like it's just like the game katie mm-hmm. katie it's just like the game it's fun <laughs> i i just like it so much why do i like the grinch this year but i don't like this like set disney animation aside because i'm always gonna have a disney bias but why why does this movie not click for me like the grinch did and the only reason i make that comparison is because 
They're both recent animated flicks that I feel like are made specifically to cater to children. And it, it comes across in like the pacing and the jokes and like the style of story that doesn't necessarily have to adhere to the structure and pace that like we're used to. They don't need to carry that same depth. They don't have to be like Citizen Kane or whatever. But mm-hmm. they're allowed to like both those movies are allowed to kind of be weird uh, while also trying to like stay true to an audience and an IP. Um, but on the pendulum of kids movies, I feel like this swings more toward emoji movie while like Grinch swings more toward. How dare you, sir? I'm sorry. (laughs) It's just the way I felt like if it's a spectrum, they lean more there. And then like in my heart, Grinch like swings more toward like frozen. Uh, Well, okay. I think that what you're talking about, and I understand why you're comparing these two because they're both stark curmudgeons. Sure. Apples and oranges, but. I'm sorry. It's still like, I understand it is kind of apples to oranges still. Yeah. But like in my head, I just kept comparing the two I was watching. I don't know why. No, I understand. I completely understand. I think that the difference between those two is that the newer Grinch probably was sweet. And this movie is not sweet. Not even like there are moments that kind of show a softer side of red, but it's more of an adult movie. Really? Like, I don't think that this movie was that interesting interested in catering to children aside from the kind of baser jokes okay there's not like a the the connections are there but they're hard won and they're kind of um but like even at the end there's some like mean jabs and things like that uh because red continues to be so prickly but i think like with the grinch you have that scene at the end where everybody is eating together and it has more of a communal feel Mm. Do you, I think that there's more of a payoff in that sense. Okay, good deal. And is this DreamWorks? Uh, this is. Ro- oh, it's <laughs> this Rovio. This is Rovio, Rovio. and uh, yeah, and Rovio Animation, which so created. They Angry just Birds. made the flick on their own. They didn't have like. Yeah. A- okay, they got that's Angry Birds money. That's incredibly impressive. So like, I, know. I feel like an asshole because I'm like, what is this Illumination? So like, obviously, mm-hmm. maybe it's a little unfair of me to be this much of a fuck. Um. No, nah, man, that's what we do. No, nah, for sure. I just like I kept thinking, I'm like. Are these kids' movies the the equivalent of like the studio comedy for college dudes, like for kids? Mm-hmm. Like, is Angry Birds the neighbors to Sorority Row of kids' movies? <laughs> <laughs> um, and yet, and yet, we're getting yeah. we're getting part two. So yeah. obviously, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, so I I I I don't know where I stand. <laughs> Just to be completely honest, like I, I was like, would I watch it again? Probably not. But that's fair. I, I understand the merits and why you like it so much, and I appreciate it so much more. I appreciate all movies so much more when I get the chance to 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 break them down with somebody of your of your wit uh, and understanding you, of the of the of the written and spoken word. Um, but that being said, I feel okay on Angry Birds. Do you want to go to extra credits? Absolutely, let's do it. What are you watching? Tell me. So I, I I'm going through a bit of a phase. Good. um right now phases are and good let, let me explain it to you so i have time at work i have an office job where when i'm doing busy work i i have now gotten into this phase where i listen to the complete discographies of certain big artists like <laughs> uh recording artists that i feel have impacted the culture in some way that's how i got like I, I went down a deep rabbit hole of like kanye west good for a while like last year um, I went down a Maroon 5 one and discovered that there's nothing there and that band is terrible. Oh, no. I, um, 
but I listen to every single album, so I feel very, very confident in no. saying that it's a terrible band. No, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I listen to all of Ariana Grande, uh, just Ooh. all the stuff. And the one I did the most recently was Eminem. Very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet that was... And- okay, go ahead. I'm very interested to hear your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I find his narrative incredibly compelling because there's the struggle with pill addiction, with poverty, with um, like not fitting in with society, uh, being an outcast, finally achieving fame and then feeling uncomfortable in fame and preferring to stay in Detroit rather than to live in Hollywood. His relationship with his daughter is a very sweet thing that has caused him to become into a lot of rap beefs. Eminem has had so many beefs. I don't even know how he goes to the grocery store. Yeah. It's just, how does he have time to do regular things like to go to the bank or to like get his oil changed? It makes no sense to me. So I watched eight mile with my girlfriend uh, last night and um, I loved it. I love it too. It's it's deeply flawed. Um, I think the love interest thing is a little shallow. I think, um, I, we were confused over to whether or not that little girl in the movie is supposed to be his sister or daughter. Yeah. That got a little fuzzy, but on the whole, I loved it. It's his sister, Katie. It's his sister. Okay. Yes. Um, no, I love it too. I mean, and he won the Oscar for soundtrack or for original song. Um, I know Academy award winning Eminem. Yeah. And way to go, Marshall. I mean, he's about uh, one of the most interesting and consistently like, compelling artist uh we've ever had but i've never had this opportunity and i'm just i guess it's like it's so nice when albums can tell stories and not everybody does it especially pop stars and stuff not that eminem Mm -hmm. was a pop star but he was certainly very popular um but like when you can go through a discography and it actually tell a story and that's all he's been doing i bet that was like super intriguing to listen to top to bottom my question is Mm -hmm. when you listen to stuff like the slim shady lp and the marshall mathers lp um, even even uh, Eminem show and like through like the mid uh, aughts, does stuff like the the like I mean consistently homophobic lyrics like like that was his basis like that he like made a living on that and stuff especially like in the early albums and while those albums still have merit and are great did that bother you um, like the stuff or were you able to be like different time different place because it wasn't just him it was all rap was that way uh, at well, that point. It, that's an interesting point because I, you know, it, it obviously it makes me uncomfortable. But when I think about it in the context of the greater narrative, yeah, I do think that there is a separation between like gay slurs. Gay slurs were often used in that kind of culture to more take down. It's all about masculinity. Sure. It's not even that the big thing is about gay people even though he does have that he has one verse that's like very hate crimey and scary yeah. but i do think he learned and grew from that but on the whole i think a lot of the um homophobia slang is actually just to take down other men's masculinity sure. i do think there's like this obsession with being the ultimate man that i think has really harmed him and his peers on a grand scale and it's really sad and there's a lot to be said about toxic masculinity and i know some people get really tired of hearing that but it's so present throughout all these albums and to watch him kind of grow and shift and realize that he he's apologized to kim in songs he's apologized to his mom he's grappled with the fact that he's said so much misogynistic awful things about women and yet he's so overly protective of his daughter like he there's a real struggle that's so human that he goes through that I find utterly compelling that I it's easier for me to take in the fact that he 
has said so much homophobic stuff because I can see the struggle. Yeah, and it's like the character of Slim Shady, like the whole point was to like uh, garner like attention and shock value and like saying like the whole, he he stuck it, stuck it all on like, I will say shit that people won't say and mm-hmm. it's crazy and it's psychotic, but that's the character. And it's like, I also, it's insane the amount of respect he gets pretty much universally, I'd say, from like most uh, areas aside from like, you know, Republicans. <laughs> I don't know. But um but it's like in 2019 if if an artist is like comes out and he's like spewing like rhymes about like raping women and like mm-hmm. killing gay people and like all this crazy shit even if he's not serious, which I don't think Eminem was, he didn't do those things. But like it just I don't think that even with like 20 years to cushion it, that person's going to like hit. And so I think in some ways it's like both, right? Cuz it's like that's just a sign of the times. Like mm-hmm. we're, I think people are cool with being like, oh, he said that in 2002. Um, but it just like, there's been a distinct line drawn in the stand for the better um, that people like that don't, I feel like get as famous now. Or, or No, let, no, let it a, absolutely would not happen. No. But I also think that like, again, he, to hear him speak about it, it doesn't seem like he's prejudiced, it, but he continues using this language because I don't think he has any other kind of vocabulary to take down these people gotcha. and other people attack him by calling him like feminem or miss mathers and things like that so he's just kind of reacting the way that people have been hitting back on him additionally like it's interesting to see the beefs that he's been in because he got like really upset with moby for pointing out that his yeah. lyrics were very homophobic and misogynistic but it's like m <laughs> come on man like yeah did no one tell you like yeah yeah you you, you say it a lot eminem <laughs> Marshall, <laughs> it's like the whole thing. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I, I should do that. I should start doing discographies. I bet that's a good way to uh, pass the time. Um, instead yeah, of yeah, I'm learning uh, a lot. Have you been listening slash watching anything else? Listening to slash watching? Um, I, oh, no, not really. I, I've been in a real deep M and M hole. To be honest, it's a good with you. hole. It's a good hole. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love it in my m hole how about um, you i'm oh i'm just watching so much shit <laughs> um oh tell me about it i bought sight unseen the movie thoroughbreds uh mm-hmm. and it fucking rocks <laughs> it's just really suspenseful uh and different than what it was pitched to me in the trailer do you remember this movie it's like oh two, yeah yeah okay. it looked awesome and it's like the two girls and they like are like plotting to like kill the one girl's stepdad and yada mm-hmm. yada well i don't want to spoil the whole thing but all i can say is watch it i think it was anton anton yelchin's like last movie or one of the last oh, yeah. ones he does an mm-hmm. amazing job everybody in the cast does this like wonderful job and it's this sort of like magic trick uh of suspense where less is more but then when they decide to go they go for it uh in like the third act and stuff i was really gripped and impressed with it the whole time also uh on movies i'm late to by a few years did you see personal shopper with kristen stewart i did what did you think i think it's fucking awesome Ah, okay. I, so I really did not like it. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, how, how come? I found it pretentious. Oh, no. Maybe I, <laughs> sometimes I fear I am pretentious. I have to be No, honest. I don't think you are. I just think that, like, sometimes, like, I also had that thing with Tree of Life where I think, like, sometimes I get defensive when I feel like people are trying to 
teach me something oh, no. that I just like automatically get. But no, you should like what you like. I that's felt not what so, this is about. I felt so tickled by it. I'm like, I'm smart for watching this. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, and that's the whole point. I am pretentious. It's you heard it here, folks. But I thought it was really cool, and it walked the line of like supernatural and like kind of scary and suspenseful and stuff without fully committing. And that normally would be a detriment to me. But I mm-hmm. like that. Like, it just seems like a normal movie with these elements. Um, like she's a medium, but like we're not, we only have like appearance of like spirits and shit like twice and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, so like the movie picks his punches and it looks like it was made on a dime, but like is still gorgeous. Uh, and I really love Kristen Stewart. And I think that she's just like continually growing as a performer and just getting better and better. And like, I get so defensive when people try to tell me what, what tell me about Kristen Stewart. i know i know about kristen stewart okay i mean the actor not kristen stewart the person never met her um Mm -hmm. but performance wise it's just all i feel like she's just always getting better like i feel like she's gonna work for the rest of our lives and be doing an awesome job when she's 80 um so i really loved it oh that's awesome i'm glad you enjoyed it oh i thought it was great i saw greta in theaters with uh chloe grace moretz or however the hell mortez Um, mortez yeah cool uh, she, <laughs> she rocks that movie rocks and it does that other thing too where that seems like a normal like kind of like uh regular like i guess quote-unquote studio indie indie with a capital i like it seems like mm-hmm. a little off the beaten path um but then like pivots really hard into a stalker movie like after out of nowhere like a half hour in and like every now and then it'll just get like really fucked up like like are you gonna see it yeah okay. i'm planning on it i really m- want to I, there's just some shit that i'm waiting to talk to you about then uh that really made my jaw drop and i just couldn't believe like i it was one of the first movies i've watched in a while that made me feel like inspired like like made oh. me want to write i'm like ooh, i should try this genre uh it really i thought it was really uh well done oh i would love to read a luke taylor stalker script i know it'd be really anxious wouldn't it, <laughs> and, it <laughs> and it would be all cats they would just mm-hmm. <laughs> there'd be just cats stalking cats. I'm gonna write the oh, ang- the, ang- the angry cats movie. <laughs> um, dude, my cat a stalker movie where my cat Willoughby stalks mice. He's caught two mice, and it's like oh my god, and it's what like a good boy, total good boy. But why are there this many mice in my apartment? So like, <laughs> uh, yeah, know. that is concerning. Welcome to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so much stuff. Oh, one more last thing I'm watching. Uh, I bought season one of Lois and Clark: The Adventures of Superman. Oh yeah, how is it? Oh boy, it's good. Like I thought it would be like a whatever watch and like yada yada, but no, it's definitely a delight and it's so interesting to put myself in that time and place of network TV in like the early nineties and just that like they're really doing it. Like I was like Smallville uh I show I super dug and I think everybody did. It's like and even Arrow kind of like leaned away from like going super deep into like the comic book angle for a while, but this show doesn't waste a second. He's flying in the pilot. Ma can't sew his suit for him. Like he's flying mm-hmm. like like a jet back and forth between Kansas and uh, uh, Smallville and uh, uh, Metropolis and stuff. Like Cat Grant is just trying to bone him. Lois is like this hard ass who's Good. who's not backing her work up to floppy disks and losing it on her computer and like the coach the the mean angry coach from the hawks on mighty ducks one is perry white uh and dean kane is way more charming than i ever would have thought to give him credit for so Mm -hmm. i just i'll I'll keep you posted i'm having a pretty good time nice (laughs) Um, i'm so glad you're enjoying it absolutely but that's uh that's about it for me um anything else you want to say about angry birds or life in general or like the meaning of life 
Uh, I love Angry Birds. It's flawed, but entertaining. And that's all I could ask for in a movie based off of an iPad video game. Yeah, aptly put. I, there's nothing I can say about that. I've been Luke Taylor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been Katie Grotzinger. Have a good one, folks.